Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. Today's first lesson is from Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was nearer. For God thought, if the people face war, they may change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt and prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from the Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar by Cloud, of cloud by day and to lead them along the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light so that they might travel by day and by night. Neither the pillar of the cloud by day nor the pillar of the fire by night left its place in front of the people. The uh, second lesson today is from Matthew 20 verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again at noon, and about three o'clock he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because, you, because no one has hired us, he said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay beginning with the last and going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landholder saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Do not agree with me for the usual daily wage. Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to the last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? 
or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Please pray with me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I truly pray that my voice does not get in the way of what you need to hear. Are we there yet? You know that question. You may have had a child or a grandchild ask you that, even on your way to church this morning, or somewhere else. It is a question that we ask, even as adults, we ask that question, are we there yet? A week ago Thursday, Vicki and I got on a plane to fly to California to visit our son. As we settled in the plane, I looked at the screen that was in front of me. You know that screen. It, it has movies and TV shows and news feeds and games. It also has something called a flight tracker. And I checked on it. And there was our plane sitting on the tarmac at Atlanta Hartsville Jackson Airport. And we had a destination in San Jose, California, four and a half hours away. Are we there yet? I can't tell you how many times I looked during that trip. <clears throat> and it was a way for us to, for a way for me to measure. And I noticed through the seats that other people were doing the same thing. Both scriptures today speak two different ways of answering that question, are we there yet? From Exodus, it tells the account of how the children of Israel left Egypt for the promised land. They were following that promise of God that their journey would end up in a land full of milk and honey. They were led by a pillar of cloud in the daytime and a pillar of fire at night. It was a way for them to mark their progress. It was a way for them to have their path illuminated, shine, light, for the light to shine for them forward so they could see where they, had, where they were going. But it also was a reminder of where they had come from. The Lord said to them, I'm going to send you not by the most direct route. You're going to have times where you question, are you there yet? And you will look at this pillar of fire by day and this cloud by night, this cloud by day and night, and you will see that you will be making progress. Are we there yet? The New Testament story speaks about getting there as well. What progress has been made? A landowner went out and hired a crew of workers first thing in the morning. He said to them that I will pay you the usual daily wage. The Greek New Testament version says denarii. It's a very, very small amount. As Debbie shared with the children, we would think of it as about a, a penny. But the idea was it was a usual daily wage. I looked up on salary.com what the average wage, hourly wage for unskilled labor is today. And the average, according to salary.com, and I have no other way to verify this, you can, you can use your own experience, um, this, the average was, was $17 an hour. 
Now, if somebody works at $17 an hour on an eight-hour day, that's $136 for the day. In one way, that seems like a lot of money. But think about it. When you walk into Sam's to buy whatever you buy at Sam's, you can spend $136 pretty quick. If you go out to a nice restaurant, well, not McDonald's or a fast food place, but a, a nice place, you know, um, $136 may not get you much. It may get two people a meal, but I don't know, maybe three, maybe four. Really, it wasn't that much money. That's the point. And so the first workers were promised this average daily wage. But then at nine o'clock and at noon and at three o'clock and at five o'clock, the owner of the vineyard went out and he saw these people weren't working. He said, come on, guys, you need to go to work. And so he sent them there. And when it came time to pay their daily wages, those who were last were paid first and they were paid the daily wage. And then the earlier crowd and all the way to the first crowd. And they said, wait a minute, we were out there all day. Don't we deserve something else? It was another way of saying, are we there yet? Are we there? Don't we deserve something else? So often we think of this story as about the laborers and about fairness. The old adage is the early bird gets the worm. So the earlier people should have gotten a bigger chunk of stuff, right? We are so used to dividing things up in measurements of time and distance that we have trouble seeing any other sort of metric, any other sort of measurement. Are we there yet is our way of making sense of the world. But God in Christ has a way of providing another unit of measure for us. Are we there yet is not simply about the linear distance of miles or the chronological space of a clock. The unit of measure that the Lord introduces is that of generosity. It is not simply about giving to people who deserve receiving. It is about offering up what we have for the benefit and the well-being of other people and for ourselves. This is more than just doing what is good. This is doing what is generous. This generosity is more than money. It is about our spirit, our time, our energy, our very souls. Today, we commemorate and celebrate something absolutely marvelous. 24 windows in this building, 10 that we see here, three above the balcony, and the others that are in the part facing um, First Avenue, 24 of these windows have been removed and restored and reinstalled. These windows were originally put here 125 years ago in 1892. There was a cataclysmic fire in this place that burned this building to a shell. Everything had to be rebuilt. Only the walls stood.
the pews and the windows, everything had to be replaced. And though there have been several renovations on the interior since that time, the windows had largely been left to regular maintenance. And after 125 years, they needed something a little more than regular maintenance. They needed a complete renovation. And it was an expensive proposition. But you as a congregation, you as a community of Columbus, you responded. You responded with your generosity of resources and with your grace. But the purpose of this project was not simply to restore the windows so they look pretty. The purpose of this project was to restore the windows so that we would enhance this place as a place to worship and serve God. The first question of the Westminster Confession, which Ed shared with you this morning, what is the chief end of humanity? Our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. Our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy God forever. Just like our ancestors who gathered here 125 years ago, this church has experienced some tough times recently. There is a rebuilding going on here even now. Not simply the building, but also the rebuilding of our minds, our hearts, and our souls. We know that that project has not been completed. It will take some time to move through that. But God in Jesus Christ is offering us testimony by the Holy Spirit that as we live faithfully, as we serve in all the ways we can, even with whatever questions we have, God's presence will be with us always. Just like our ancestors 125 years ago, we gather in this space, in this time, at this moment, to commit ourselves to serving and sharing God's purpose. As we rededicate these windows, we rededicate this space, we rededicate ourselves to God's mission and ministry in Jesus Christ, in Columbus and in Phoenix City, in Southwest Georgia and East Alabama, in the United States of America and in the world, we reaffirm our trust in God, no matter what. As we reaffirm our faith in Christ, we admit that right now, we might not have all of the answer to the question, are we there yet? But even so, we know that we have come so far. The measurement of a journey is not just how far we have to go to the destination. The measurement of a journey is how far we have come from our origins. 
The measurement of a journey is not simply how far we have to go to our destination. The measurement of a journey is how far we have come from our origins. I would submit to you that we have come a long way in 125 years. I would submit to you that we have come a long way in three years. Somehow, we must make our way forward, and we will. On our flight to California a week and a half ago, Vicki and I sat next to a woman. She had the window seat, and I was in the middle, and Vicki was on the aisle. You know, so you know, you know the section of the plane we were sitting in. It wasn't first class. But hey, we were going, and we were excited. And you know how it is when you, when you sit down on a plane, you know, there's a little bit of awkwardness, like, you know, hi, how are you? <clears throat> or maybe not even that much. And we began our five, four and a half, five hour flight. For some reason, and I can't exactly explain why, we had periodic, I had periodic conversations with, with this woman who was sitting next to us. I never learned her name, by the way. But at some point it became obvious that we had a lot in common. She had gone on a mission trip to Nicaragua. Vicky and I had gone on mission trips to Guatemala. The organization that she had gone with was one that we were familiar with. We made connections. We probably play the six degrees of separation and there are a lot of people that we know in common. She was, we got around to that question that you ask always, well, what do you do? And Vicky piped up and said, I'm a retired teacher. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. Oh, you are? What kind? A Presbyterian. Oh, I'm a Presbyterian too in North Carolina. Turns out she's a member of a church that I, we know something of. A former pastor of ours ended up serving that church at one point in time. So we made all these connections. And she, the woman said, what if we had known all of this when we started, this trip would have felt so much different. Wow. How do you measure time? Are we there yet? I can tell you the time that we spent talking went a whole lot faster than the time beforehand. And I have no idea what the chronological number of minutes was for each, but I know that the second part of the journey was much more pleasurable than the first. No matter how we answer that question, are we there yet? God in Christ shares with us that the measure of our path is not just time and distance. It is generosity of spirit and of effort and of resources. It is joining together in mission and ministry together however we can. The measure of our path is how we use our resources for what is good in the world. The words of John 3.16 are well known. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life and not perish. But the words of John 3, 17 continues Jesus' teaching. Indeed, God did not come into the world 
did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world. God sent the Son into the world so that the world might be saved. We may not be there yet, but we are well on our way. We have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to illuminate where we will go. And we know from whence we have come. And we trust that God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be there with us no matter what. Thanks be to God. Amen. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.